Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Into the Stratosphere. I'm your girl, Cindy G, here, and I just wanted to say this. I am so sorry that there's not going to be a video version, uh, again, for those of you who are looking forward to it on YouTube. I know that there has been some technical error as of late. I know that episode 22 um, video version didn't get upload. I don't know what's going on for that, but I decided, you know what, for now, just to make sure for safekeeping, well, it's just going to be doing the audio version for the time being until, like, if I'm bringing in guests, we're still going to be doing it via Zoom. I know the last episode, which is the Hard to Kill recap, the video um, portion got uploaded and it went well too. So just wanted to apologize to you guys in advance. So this is going to be just the audio version for the time being until I'm bringing a, a guest along, you know. But anyway, you guys, so this is episode 24, A Work in Progress. That is right. A work in progress in this nation, you guys. I mean... Almost a week ago, we had this monumental moment of this inauguration. And if you guys saw my Instagram story, you know that how much I am very was blown away with this, let's just say a celebration. I mean, you have the sworn in of the new president, Joseph R. Biden Jr. And Vice President, or should I say Madame Vice President, Kamala Harris, you guys. It was such a beautiful inauguration without any drama because y'all know they were tightening up the securities because everybody, you know, what happened like on January 6th was really scary and really appalled altogether. So I'm glad it went well. Lady Gaga, she slayed it, you guys. Oh my god, I was so blown away with her performance, especially her outfit. Jennifer Lopez, however, she did good. But the only thing I wanted to criticize is when she added Let's Get Loud during the uh, America the Beautiful and This Land is Your Land. I mean, oh, reverse it. It's um, This Land is My Land and the American Beautiful, like the rendition of it. So, yeah, when she added, let's get loud, I was like, okay, yeah, that's not good. No, you do not add it because this is like a monumental moment. But I can understand it. Why? Because, of you know, we're all suffering throughout this hellhole of a four-year with the previous president, which I'm not going to mention his name anymore. But, you know, it's just a celebration of a new beginning. And let's just say a new reset, too. And if you guys saw my Instagram story, I did cry during the sworn in of Madame Vice President Harris. It was so beautiful. She was sworn in by, of course, none other than Judge Sonia Sotomayor, of course, the first Latina American um, Supreme Court judge. So that was like a very impactful moment. And I do want to say this. I know I did express it that you know, like during this whole like January 6th um, hellhole of a day, I stated that like as a Latin American or Latina American, I don't feel safe. But to give you guys an update, do I feel safe? I did post a picture on Instagram during my flashback Friday um, post 
of the picture of the White House, I did say that, do I feel safe now as a Latino American? Well, in slightly to a best, a little bit. But it's a work in progress, you guys. I mean, we're like almost a week after the inauguration. So we're going to wait and see, especially for the next four years altogether. So let's just say this is going to be a work in progress of a year. So I know I'm keep repeating it, but I just wanted to express it, you know, coming from me as a woman and as a Latina American. I know Philip and Brandy Day briefly explained expressed it on the last episode of the bullet cast and philip did express it on the latest episode of in the click so yeah you guys so anyway you guys so on today's episode we'll be discussing wrestling new headlines that is related to impact wrestling independent wrestling and new japan pro wrestling also i'm gonna be skipping the results for new japan pro wrestling because the new beginning tour is still continuing on but we'll be bringing you guys the full results on the next episode on episode 25 this is going to be a banger of a show you guys episode 25 because there's going to be a lot of sneak peek and that is one of them also recap for the aftermath of impact wrestling's hard to kill and also the usual bonus bonus um impact wrestling cameo of AEW Dynamite which by the way the episode AEW Dynamite was lackluster yeah just a quick spoiler but I'm just gonna focus on is the impact wrestling segment of AEW Dynamite related to that anyway so let's go ahead and kick things off with the wrestling news headlines so as I mentioned it so this is gonna be related to independent wrestling star that is recently signed to like major wrestling companies so as of a couple days ago WWE NXT Posted on Twitter that they did sign three new signees that's going to be participating in the first ever women's Dusty Rose Classic. That is right. Lacey Ryan, who is now go by Zoe Stark. Elena Black, who is now Cora Jade. And surprisingly enough, Priscilla Kelly, who is now goes by, and this is like my personal favorite, Gigi Dolan. All three ladies officially signed to WWE. And they're officially now in the NXT brand and participating in the tournament. So when I found out about the news, and it was during the day of the inauguration, you guys, I'm very happy for all these ladies. I know they are working their butts off. I know I was kind of like thrown away about that WWE finally signed Gigi Dolan. Ever since what happened to that whole like let's just say a tampon gate from two years ago you guys it's like oh my god it's like yeah I don't want to think about it because you know as a woman I know it's just kind of like for shock value but this is like a tiny bit too far just to say at least but hey I'm always a fan of Gigi Dolan ever since watching her appearance on this reality show on TLC called my big fat Gypsy wedding, of course. And so I'm very, I'm so intrigued that like she officially got signed. But I understand because like I've been following her career and how she found out about WWE is watching one of Undertaker's matches. So I'm very happy for all these ladies. I know like, you know, seeing their Instagram 
um, stories to their Twitter posts, like showing their throwback picture, especially Cora J too, that, um, that they've always been a lifelong WWE fan and like since they were little girls and now they're working their way up. So I'm very happy for these ladies. I know Story Zoe Starks is partnering up with, of course, the problem, Marina Shafir for the Dusty Rose Classic, and I know Gigi Dolan and Cora Jane just team up, and unfortunately, they did lose to the team of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, known as The Way, on the latest episode of 205 Live. So, yeah, you guys. And speaking of which, on the next headline of the news, so I know that Cora Jane was supposed to be having a match against Joey Janela at the upcoming GCW's Fight Forever um, um, charity telethon event. But unfortunately, she had to be pulled because she's already recently signed to WWE and she had to do commitment to that. So unfortunately, she is no longer able to have her one last independent wrestling match at GCW, which is, you know, pretty understandable. And I know for a fact that, like, like, you know, when it comes to prior commitment, you have to make sure that you have to get every every bookings ready. And especially, like, during this hard time, too. So I know GCW already found an opponent for Joey Janela's upcoming event, which is going to be this Friday, January 29th, which I'm going to get into that just in a little bit after going to the next um wrestling new headline. Just wanted to relate to that as well. So... Yeah, so I wanted to congratulate all these three ladies. And I know they're going to be doing great. Hopefully they'll be booked properly, even though I have my different opinions about WWE. You know, but seeing these stars getting signed, even though it's it's a hard pill to swallow, but I know they're going to pull it through. And so related to that, so NXT UK star, Brand Carter, Benjamin Carter, took to Twitter to address the... um. To debunk the rumor regarding his decision to sign with WWE. And he did post it on Twitter and he wrote, Just thought I'll clear something up real quick. I had an offer from WWE in italicized before I appear anywhere else. Not after. Not after. Thank you for coming to my tech talk. So pretty much Ben Cardi already um, just got signed to WWE. Um, prior to his appearance on AEW Dark and on other like independent wrestling uh, bookings that he had to commit to it too. So I'm glad that he did debunk those rumors because I know that a lot of people were kind of like saying what the hell is going on with Ben Carter because he did appear on AEW Dark and so is Elena Black, excuse me, Cora Jade, of course. And it is just something that, like, they just wanted to let everyone know that, like, that's their decision with the way they did. And they want to make sure they get those opportunities as needed, you guys. So I'm glad he did debunk those. I'm pretty sure that these three ladies that recently got signed are feeling some type of same same thing. Like, they did sign, made their decision before, like, doing their their appearances. So, so yeah, you guys. Anyway, you guys, so right after that, I'm going to be talking about the GCW Fight Forever event. So that is right. GCW is going to be having their 24 hours telethon event that's going to start on Friday, January 29th. And it's going to go all the way to January 30th. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern slash 5 p.m. Pacific. And it's going to end, of course, 
the next day at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So it's going to be a 24-hour benefit show, and that's going to be include the digital telethon, which all the donation and proceeds will go directly to the wrestlers that are still suffering, like, you know, during this whole pandemic where, like, they couldn't able to get there. Because, like, some of the independent wrestling show, you know, of course, here in California, no independent wrestling shows running, including some other states too. And I know some independent wrestling stars are still struggling so much. So I'm glad GCW is doing a really nice, jestful event. And it's going to be a closed set event. So there's going to be no fans in attendance, I believe. But hey, it's all good. They're going to be streaming it all over on the streaming platform, especially on YouTube and on IWTV, you guys. And so, you guys, and also regarding that, they also have a sponsorship opportunities, which for the sponsorship, it's like they include just for the hourly block, sponsor a match, wrestlers transportation, commercial slash ad time, live reads, and promo package. So, Pretty much, we got like a couple sponsors that's going to be sponsoring for the event, including, of course, like the event is presented by Orange Crush, which is a notable wrestling zine, which I heard about that, that zine for quite some time now. And so the official like sponsor you have, you have is the Big Start brand, WrestleJoy is in it, of course, they're uncanceled, you guys, Griffith Barn, um, sponsoring it sponsoring the event deathmatch only on tiktok also wanted to give a shout out to two sponsor two of a notable one company and one podcast is actually going to be sponsoring for the gcw event that's right west coast pro wrestling is sponsoring for one of gcw's matches and also shout out to the rudos podcast they're actually going to be sponsoring a match as well you guys so congratulations to both of them they're actually going to be um sponsoring and also huge shout out to dark chic who's going to be competing on the on one of the gcw 24-hour event called called effie's big gay block and also as of recent starboard charlie is going to be it's going to be in a gcw um event as well for the fight forever event which is gonna be jimmy lloyd up all night you guys so i'm very excited to watch this congratulations to dark shook and starboy charlie it's gonna be a banger of a match i'm not gonna be watching the whole show 24 hours because you know you know me i have other plans especially the upcoming aew heel event you guys but as promised just like with the gcw collective on the next episode i'll be I'll be doing a rundown of the my, my takeaway of one of the the shows and the and the results of the matches as well. Just like with the GCW's um collective, I only um picked out three shows, which of course the for the culture, the Joey Janela Spring um Spring Break Four, and also the Josh Barnett Blitzboards um two. So I don't know which um which block I'll be watching, but I'm definitely going to be watching the Jimmy Lloyd up all night, of course, because it's going to start, of course, at 10, 8, 10 p.m. Pacific time, of course, 1 a.m. 
in the East Coast. So I know that's gonna be one of them. I don't know which other one. So I'll keep you guys updated. So on the next episode, I'll give you guys the rundown and all that stuff too. And also on the description bar on each of the podcasting platform and on the YouTube on the description bar below, there is a link of the Indiegogo campaign. So if you guys wanted to donate the GCW Fight Forever, there's going to be in the link down description bar below. Hopefully, Philip will post the link on this show, this on the podcasting descriptor, so you guys can go and donate. Any amount would be fine as long as it will go directly to the independent wrestler that is struggling during this still a difficult time in this pandemic era, of course, you guys. So this is a really much a good cause and highly suggested. So GCW Fight Forever will be live streaming this Friday, January 29th, starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and it will be available on IWTV and on the YouTube channel as well. Without further ado, you guys, lastly on the headlines, of course, Tomatonga. Boy, Tomatonga has a lot to say, especially regarding Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers' choice of attire during their main event at Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill. That took place like two weeks ago, of course. So Tomatonga um did a recent episode of Thomas Island alongside co-host Ross Birdman the Fourth, of course, and so. I did watch the whole episode on Twitch, and boy, Tama Tonga, Jesus, for a guy who is cool as hell, he has the biggest foul mouth ever, you guys. So, to sum it up, so starting off with Tama Tonga bragging about Taiji's iron claw that he stole, like, you know, kind of like idolizing, making sure he's taking good care of it, and of course, Ross did ask Tama his thoughts about the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega's um, gear at Hard to Kill. And of course, Tama Tonga, as usual, he did shoot some jabs at the Bullet Club, or as what he called them, the Bootleg Bullet Club. He did, um, he did watch briefly while on his flight heading to Japan. And by the way, he was quarantined at the time. I don't know. I think he's supposed to be having an upcoming match on the New Begins Tour where him and Tangaloa will be defending their IWGP tag team titles against Dangerous Tekker, Taiji, and Zack Sabre Jr. Anyway, so he did state that he's going to be giving that, that vintage Halloween shirt a five star. But for Kenny us two star and of course he did make fun of Kenny Omega's appearance especially his tan he also did debunk the rumors about Doc Gallows saying that you know Doc Gallows is not the OG the only real OG is him Thomas Honga and Bad Luck Fale and he stated that past Bullet Club leaders has no saying and he actually shoots so much crap to Doc Gallows' gear. Like, he's wasting so much money on the on his gear that he spent at, say, Bullet Club. And he wanted to open a bootleg Bullet Club course. So, yeah, the whole thing is, like, pretty entertaining for the fact that, like, Tama Tonga, still in character, is, like, shooting so much crap towards the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega for their... Uh, tire and especially he wanted 
And also, like, I'm glad Ross did ask about if there's still any tension from Kenny Omega since what happened in San Francisco, of course, during the G1 special at the Cow Palace back in 2018, you guys. You know, the whole betrayal and also, like, the whole, like, situation with the Good Brothers in general, too. Thomas said that he really loved the the reunion with the Good Brothers, but then again, he said that they sold out and more shots at Anderson and Gallows, and he stated that once a sellout, always a sellout. So pretty much, like, he actually... Pretty much, he stated that, like, you know, once they signed the contract to one of the biggest companies, they sold their, sh- they're sold all together. So, even though he said he really moves on to it, and of course, he did um issue a statement regarding the whole too sweet remark, um, trademark rumors, of course, and of typical Tomatonga's fashion, he say he's no snitch like a hoe ass muffin. That's his tagline. And he said he's angel is that they advertise themselves, not not the Bullet Club, of course. So pretty much like the legit Bullet Club, not the elite, uh, were the ones that started out. And of course stated that like the elite made the Bullet Club famous, not themselves, just the main core of the elite. And especially, like, you know, they used it for, like, different promotion prior to with WWE altogether. And, you know, what's so interesting is that, like, Tomatonga did state that, like, he has problems with Impact Wrestling, but he has no issues with WWE. And he actually called out Triple H that he wanted to do business with him. And so just, you know, kind of, like, in favor of a joint promotion or, like, something in the works, too. So, pretty much, Tomatonga has some, still some love with WWE together. And as you guys know, of course, King Haku, WWE legend, Tonga Loa used to be in WWE under a different name and a different gimmick. You guys, y'all know what I'm talking about. So, I'm glad, like, Tomatonga has some, like, you know, has some love with WWE. So, that's pretty awesome. And, of course, they switch into gear where Tomatonga did respond to the rumors about Michael Elgin. Um, interesting, going back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. As you all know, Michael Elgin just got called out during the whole speaking out movement back in June regarding a scandal going on with him, as you guys already know, that caused him to get suspended and then released from Impact Wrestling. And of course, he did admit that like he had some problems that he ended up going to rehab. So, so Tomatonga did um, respond saying that Michael Allen did really screw it himself. Because, like, when he was still with New Japan Pro Wrestling, he actually signed with Impact Wrestling. So, he left New Japan Pro Wrestling. Nobody knows what's going on until they found out he was with with Impact Wrestling. And they thought, like, he still signed. But, no. He went back to Japan. And he started working with All Japan Pro Wrestling. So, pretty much, he just kind of called him a seller for what he did. He has, like, no obligation for what he did and so on. So, that's what he said about Michael Elgin. And then he did talk briefly about his strategy for the upcoming match at the New Beginnings Tour against Dangerous Tether for, you know, and his plan too, especially, of course, bragging about the Iron Claw altogether. So that was it for the latest episode of the Tomba's 
island. I'm glad that Tamataga did address a couple things. I know he has some, like, animosity, but I can tell at the same time he still has some love for Kenny and the Good Brothers all together, you know? And especially past members of Bullet Club. I mean, like, let's see. AJ Styles, of course. Kenny Omega. Yeah. And then, like, past members, too. Like, you know, the Young Bucks. Cody Rhodes. Adam Hangman Page. Oh, yeah, I forgot the past member of the first one. Finn Balor. Duh. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while, you guys. Yeah. And, you know, Adam Cole. Beba. Past members. And, yeah, you guys. Oh, yeah. Also, Robbie Eagles. Past member, but he's still with New Japan. But yeah, you guys, so that's it for, like, the wrestling news headline, especially, like, you could say a mini brief recap from Tom, the latest episode of Thomas Island. So yeah, you guys, so anyway, let's go ahead and ship into gears. We're gonna go talk some Impact Wrestling, you guys. So, on the opening intro, you have is, of course... Don Callis and the Good Brothers Kenny Omega celebrating after their victory at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view, which they actually won against a team of Rich Swan, Moose, and Chris Sabian, you guys. And so Doc Callis, of course, he did talk about like how much that he is the invisible hand to Kenny Omega. He did prove to everyone that like that Kenny is the real champion. And, of course, he did inform everyone that him and Kenny Omega will be taking a hiatus to handle some pertinent business in Jacksonville. So, pretty much, we're not going to be seeing Don Callis and Kenny Omega in Impact Wrestling for quite some time. But, at least, we're going to be seeing them in AEW on the next day, you guys. And so, right after that, you have is the opening of the match. You have is Eric Young with Violence Violent by Design, which is Joe Doring and Diener versus Rhino with Cousin Jake. So pretty much this match was pretty good, even though there has been some distraction going on from like each of the opposite opponent by ringside. And of course, you have like some impressive movesets too. Of course, Rhino with a couple defenses. He did try to... He did try to shove Eric Young into the referee so that way that, like, there is no, like, interference. Of course, EY delivers the yo blow, low blow, followed by a clubbing blow to Rhino's back. And, of course, a lot of, like, distraction you have is Diener getting involved with a cheap shot behind the referee's back while, like, everybody was trying to attack Rhino, well, mainly Eric Young. And, yeah, so... Still a lot of, like, more of this amped up, amped up aggression all together for both sides. And then at the end, Eric Young did the heel hook submission, which I'm surprised by. And that was right after um, Reiner was about to do the gore. But, of course, Diener did provide the distraction for the referee. And Joe Dory did trip Rhino from outside. And so... And the clothesline. And so that's the way that EY did the um, the heel hook. And thus, EY did pick up the victory via submission. Afterwards, EY still continue on. And the violence, up, violence um, by design did attack Cousin Jake first. And then Rhino. And up until EY did grab the chair wrapped around Rhino's ankle and thus Joe Jury did repeatedly stomped on 
the left ankle of Rhino. So yeah, that was a pretty much a brutal heavy hitting of hitter of a match. It's like, geez, so aggressive. And then afterwards you have is you have is the backstage segment which Rich won and moves while Rich was talking about his match at Hard to kill, like, after the loss until Moose did start attacking him. Of course, you do not betray by him, but yeah, you guys. And, of course, you have is is the the whole um, segment, you guys. A segment that we were all up in arms. So, you have is the Good Brothers coming out talking about that they are the Impact World Champion. World Champion, how much that they did defeat during the main event match with just a magic killer and one two three and a just a two sweet and then out comes chris sabian by himself and he did made a plea that he wanted a a title opportunity even though alex shelley is not there because we all know about the situation with alex shelley hopefully he's doing okay during this time and stated that like alex shelley was in pain so in his mind we are the rightful number one contenders, and he won a rematch. So, of course, Doc Gallows, like, make poke fun of him, saying that he has no partner whatsoever, and he said he need to just take your ass back to, to back and quick rain on your parade. And, of course, Chris Stevens said he found a partner, and lo and behold, sorry about your damn luck. Out comes James Storm, everybody. So James Storm come out and cut a mic saying that, like, he wanted to do this again, especially being a tag team partner, Chris Sabian. But no, you guys. And this is what I wasn't even aware on Twitter at all. Out comes Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy alongside Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, a.k.a. Private Party. Oh my god, you guys. When Matt Hardy music hit, I was like, wait, Matt Hardy? And then out comes Private Party? I marked the hell out. That was the most shocking moment ever. And unbeknownst to me, they did post a video on Twitter saying they're arriving at the Impact Studio. I'm like, wow. This is beyond insane, you guys. So I'm guessing we still have this... Impact Wrestling AEW Invasion continue on because, of course, John Callis and Kenny Omega are taking a hiatus. So we have, of course, Private Party and Matt Hardy, you guys, all together. So pretty much they come out. Matt Hardy does do all this hawking. And he said, like, you know, he like his boys won a title opportunity. But the Good Brothers insisted, how about a number one contendership? Well, it was under Matt Hardy's idea. So... They actually agreed that, of course, the main event match will be the no more contendership for the Impact World Tag Team title, which is the team of Chris Sabian and James Storm versus Private Party. I'm so tuned into it. It's, I was like marking out so hard, you guys. Anyway, so next up you have, say, and you have is a match between Kimberly and Susan versus the team of Jordan Grace and Jazz, of course. So I was confused about the the proper foot attire Susan was wearing. I thought she was wearing flip-flops because, you know, her being kind of like the Karen of Impact Wrestling, guys, 
y'all know what she's going to be pulled. So she's just wearing just a regular business suit. And the shoes she was wearing, no, it's just a really dope classic Adidas um, shoe. Which, okay. So I would give her Karen status, like kind of like a, a slight low. Because those are the coolest uh, shoes I've ever seen. So anyway, guys. So pretty much it was a pretty much a solid match for the knockouts back and forth going on. I mean, you have Susan, like, trying to deliver, like, so many defense going on. Like, so many clubbing shoulder blocks to gut punches. And, of course, she did a... She did put her knee on the back of Jordan Grace's neck. So it's like pretty much a good like combo altogether. And let's just say about Jazz, man, Jazz, she still got it, you guys. I mean, boy, like, like she did an impressive job, even though she doesn't do much. And of course, like Jordan Grace, she does most of the heavy hitting moveset to like Susan and to Kimberly, of course. And of course, while there's like a distraction going a referee distraction going on between like Kimberly and Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo did hit Jazz with the Impact Knockouts title, of course. And then Susan with the schoolgirl roll up to Jazz and thus the team of Kimberly and Susan did pick up the victory, you guys. So all in all, it was a really much a good match altogether and the question is what's going to be next for all these ladies altogether like are there going to be so are we're going to be seeing a feud in the making and especially the fact about like what's going to be happening with the current impact knockouts tag team champ because i know that tasha Steeles and kira hogan they're busy planning their their celebration party of course they have they hired Leisha Edwards to be the MC, which is going to be funny. And of course, they did counter um, Havoc and Nevea, and they say they're not invited. So it's it's pretty much an all over mess for like the backstage segment. But the real kicker of the backstage segment, of course, is the whole who shot Bravo situation, you guys. So Taya Valkyrie was interviewed by Gia Miller regarding. You know, her loss to her loss at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view up until until she got confronted by Johnny Bravo, Tommy Dreamer, and AC Romero, of course. And Taya did admit it she is the one that shot Bravo after the fingerprints has been found. And the reason why is because because she'd rather have Rosemary all to herself to be by her corner, of course. So she's been taken away by the police. And what's so funny about Tommy Dreamy, he did shoot down when he said, I don't know where she's going. Maybe she's going to the Jacksonville State Penitentiary or the Stanford Correctional Penitentiary. Oh my god. When you say the Stanford Correctional Penitentiary, I freaking laughed so hard because he did took a jab onto WWE and also a bit from AEW. And then Ace Romero said, Hey, I hope it's not Baltimore, which I was like, Ooh. He actually took some shot about Ring of Honor, which y'all know the whole reputation going on with Ring of Honor. So it's so funny, like, how they mention AEW, WWE, and Ring of Honor in, like, the cryptic type of way, you know? So, yeah, once Taya was about to be taken away, 
she ran by Rosemary and of course she did tell her why and Rosemary did accept their apology and they both hug which it did give me a feels you guys like I'm not gonna lie to you it did give me tons of feels that we're this is gonna be the last time we'll be seeing Taya and Rosemary all together and so Taya has been taken away and of course Crazy Steve came by and Rosemary did state it this is why this is why I can't have friends, of course. And, of course, close down to her and Crazy Steve have plans in mind and they walk off. So this is the the final time we have seen Taya Vakery. As you guys know, Taya Vakery's contract with Impact Wrestling is already up. And I believe, as I stated on the last episode with Steve the Fan, a.k.a. the creator of Teddy Turnbuckle, stated that, um, I feel with Ty Bakery, I think that we're going to be seeing her in WWE because her husband, John Morrison, is with WWE. I mean, I don't mind her, but however, the only thing she got to finish up with the obligation, she is currently the AAA Wrestling Reina de Reina champion, which is the AAA Wrestling Women's Champion. She's the current champion there. So she had to fulfill those obligations. Hopefully, like, if she have a match, like a tape show, probably drop the title, or vacate the title, you guys. But whatever she goes, I mean, I'm all for it altogether. I mean, we have Royal Rumble coming up next Sunday, you guys. So maybe she'll be in the Rumble. But that's just wishful thinking, you guys. I mean, I'm not planning on watching any WWE paper, you guys know my belief but whatever. So I wanted to wish La Wada Loca, Taya Vakri, a very best of luck. And also, I'm looking forward to her spring collection from her look up by Ty Factory. I cannot wait, but digress on that. Anyway, you guys, with that being said, so afterwards, you have this weird, like, commercial break from Tony Schiavone by himself. And then, guess who's in the Impact Wrestling Zone? Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn. So they're there just to take care of his business. And he's actually going to be watching one of the matches that they're not going to tell. So, yeah, Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn in the presence, you guys. But we're going to go into that in just a bit. And then afterwards, you have is a segment, in-ring segment between Rich Swan and Moose. So Rich Swan did cut a promo saying that he felt the pressure of being the Impact World Champion. And he... Did not, and he's not the only one that felt the pressure of being the champion. He felt the pressure of leading the entire company of Impact Wrestling into war with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. And he did thrive the pressure, but unfortunately, he he lost. And also, he didn't have in the back of mind the trust issue. And regarding it's the whole situation with Moose, and he talks about like for the past eight months, he had this whole like situation with Moose. It's Especially after what he did to Willie Mack that left him off guard. And of course, Roos, Moose came out, kind of promised that he knows that Rich Swan is angry and how people tend to make the bad decision when they get angry. And especially, he actually say, ask your friend Willie Mack. And so, Rich Swan was not having it. And of course... Him and Moose started to brawl out and thus closing this segment. So it's kind of like a whole back and forth all together. And then afterwards, you have the next match right here. It's just your typical filler match. It's Brian Myers versus Fall of Boss. So they 
prior to the match, they ran into each other backstage. Like, you know, after Fall Out Boy, they confronted the current Impact Tag Team Champion about the whole money situation. And then, of course, Brian Meyer kind of intervened. Fall Out of course, kind of poke fun of him and also his way because he called him tons of fun, which, yeah, Bonnie Shane. Don't do it. Anyway, it's just your typical filler match altogether. Like, a couple defenses, a couple of, like, you know, counters going on. I mean, Myers with the rainy down haymaker to two counts. And, of course, side headlock. And then, yeah, followed by with the belly-to-back suplex and the three-double sledge. And then a body-off avalanche up until at the end. And... Falaba with the thumb into Brian Myers' eyes, and thus Brian Myers did deliver the low blow, and thus he connect with their running, running lariat to pick up the victory, you guys. So again, your typical filler match. And then afterwards, you have the segment with Scott Demore and TJP. And as I stated, I know Steve the fan said, nah-uh-uh, that's manic, in a face paint. Bruh, that's TJP in a face mask. Once you uncover the mask, that's actually TJP. And I was right, you guys. That's right. So TJP being the current X Division champion, of course. And then you have Rohit Rusho being all angry and whatnot. So it's kind of like a confusing segment altogether. But it's whatever. Skipping to that. And then you have a segment going on with Jim Miller interviewing Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Of course, talking about like... Their counter with Matt Cardona at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view. And, oh, yeah, I probably forgot to mention, Rhino did brought out his um, Call Your Shot Gauntlet trophy, which is a bigger trophy than Ace Austin Super X Cup trophy that looks basic as hell. But anyway, right when they were talking crap about Matt Cardona, out comes Matt Cardona. They're about to confront to each other up until, guess what? The walking weapon Josh Alexander has... Matt Cardona's back, of course. So it pretty much we're going to be seeing an alliance between Josh Alexander and Matt Cardona since, of course, the North is done. Ethan Page is done with Impact Wrestling for good. I guess this is just your next opportunity. But I just wish with Josh Alexander, I'd rather see him as a single competitor and actually getting like a bigger push that he needs because, face it, Josh Alexander, that screams stars. But that's just me, you guys. Just saying. And then, you guys, after that, you have is your main event match between the team of Chris Sabian and James Storm versus Private Party for the number one contendership match for the Impact World Tag Team title. So, pretty much, it was a pretty much a very solid tag team match. I did not expect Private Party having a match against two of the Impact Wrestling legends. I honestly wish if Alex Shelley would be there because it would be such an incredible match between Motor City Machine Gun and Private Party. Like, that screams money altogether. And speaking of money, guess who was at ringside camp coming by during the match? Jerry Lynn and Tony Khan. Oh my God. I was like, yes, we got audience. And it's the, the president of AEW. And I think this is the third time we've seen Tony Khan on national television. Because the first time I believe he made his appearance was the Brody Lee um, tribute episode. And then on the second 
appearance. It was when he was backstage with the Young Bucks and Dasha when, of course, the Good Brothers made their appearance on the episode AEW Dynamite two weeks ago. But this is his first um, appearance live on Impact Wrestling, you guys. And, of course, you have Tony Khan taking his notes on his freaking Star Trek Captain Logs notebook. Of course, that's you could tell Tony Khan is probably a Star Trek fan. So, anyway, the match itself. The match was really dope. You have like a couple of like exchanges going on between Private Party and Storm and Chris Sabian. You have, of course... Isaiah Cassidy applied the camel clutch to Chris Sabian. Mark Quinn with the double foot stomp for the two count. And then Mark Quinn applies the front face lockdown. Of course, he tagged Isaiah Cassidy and Cassidy with the flying double axe handle strike and followed by the double Irish foot. So a lot of impressive tag team moves that all together. And of course, you have typical Matt Hardy. Running some interference, of course, from the referee. And thus, that's when Marquin with the step up in Zagari to James Storm. But James Storm did regroup outside until Isaiah Cassidy rolls Storm back into the ring. And that's where Marquin did continue on to stomp on James Storm's chest. So, pretty much, it was like a really impressive match altogether. And then, of course, Marquin with the step up in Zagari, followed by a drop told holds Chris Sabian into Isaiah Cassidy's knee, assisting the shooting star press for a two count. Mark Quinn was reversed out of the Irish whip for, from James Storm, and then followed by a drop kick off the apron. And then Mark Quinn hit the Fosbury flop. Chris Sabian kicks Isaiah Cassidy in the face. And of course, you have Jerry Lynn runs in to interference. I was like, what the hell is Jerry Lynn doing? And you can see Tony Khan was standing there with, with the what the hell face going on. <laughs> oh my god. And then at the end, Private Party delivers the gin and juice to Chris Sabian and thus Private Party did pick up the victory. And then afterwards, of course, afterwards, Good Brothers coming out and hit, and them and private party they did like look at each other and thus Chris Sabian and James Starr start attacking private party and then Good Brothers is attacking them and of course it was like a, it started became a melee brawl all together while well, yeah Jerry Lynn and Tony Khan like running still in the ringside and Matt Hardy trying to get involved and thus you guys that include the episode of Impact Wrestling, you guys. Like, man. That was a pretty much an impressive, impressive episode, you guys. And so next week you have is the Fire and Flavor Fest celebration. Kira Hogan, Tasha Steele celebrating their as Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champion with your MC, Alicia Edwards, y'all. And then, of course, the matches has been announced. You have... Eddie Edwards will be taking on Brian Myers. And so, yeah, you guys, it's going to be crazy. And so for my rating for this episode, well, grade-wise, you guys, I'm giving it a B plus. This is a really solid episode of Impact Wrestling, you guys. The only match that I wished it would not put is Brian Myers versus followed by it's just your typical filler match um the whole tie of Valkyrie um 
final appearance of Impact Wrestling. I wish it would have done a little bit better than it is, but that's just me, you guys. I mean, I want something that would be like something, you know, kind of like saying thank you for everything, Taya, but then, of course, the whole you shot Bravo hokey story to close it it, but... Yeah, you guys, and I hope this is like the end of this whole situation with the, with the whole like Russell House, um, Johnny Bravo situation. I don't know what's going to be happening next for Johnny Bravo. That's a good question, you guys. But yeah, all in all, B plus, I really enjoy the show. And now, lastly, bonus, bonus, bonus segment of AEW Dynamite featuring Impact Wrestling. So you have Alex Marvez interviewing, of course, the Young Bucks at Kenny Omega's house. And first of all, how the hell is Alex, Alex Marvez doing by Kenny Omega's house? Like, seriously, yo. And so... And so you have is the Young Bucks um, being escorted by Michael Nagasawa. And guess who is there, of course? Don Callis. And by the way, the painting, of course, they were hanging of Kenny Omega and Don Callis shortlist with the six-pack abs. The freak, you guys. Thank goodness I did not say the full F word. Yeah, you guys, the freak. Somewhat cringy, you guys. And I can't believe freaking AEW made a shirt out of it. It's like, why? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I really don't. I guess, you know, money talks, you know. But anyway, so they both did confronted Don Counts about what the hell is going on from the last episode of AEW Dynamite. They were supposed to be tagging, teaming with Kenny Omega for a six-man tag match, but being replaced by the Good Brothers, of course. And then, of course, Don Callis stated that um, Kenny Omega isn't able to make it. And he said on that note, he's got that everyone could make it, of course. And he actually kicked uh, Alex Marvez and, and Michael Nakazawa away and the camera guys. Well, technically, they were, like, being escorted to, like, a dungeon or something like that. So the camera guys set the camera down and then... And, of course, we saw the, like, the whole, like, conversation between Don Callis and the Young Bucks and, you know, how, like, Don Callis was trying to make a proposition that they're going to like, but the Young Bucks are not having it all together. So, what they do, the Young Bucks um, took their coats off and come approached Don Callis, who was backing up and yelled, don't take your anger out of me. So the camera did fade away, and it looks like Don Cowles got his butt kicked by the Young Bucks, which, honestly, he definitely deserves to get his butt kicked for, after all, what's going on. On from the last episode with, like, the whole situation for the six-man tag match team of situation. And then, of course, Alex Marvez did um approach Kenny Omega and Don Callis afterwards backstage in the hallway of course while there was like this whole beatdown going on of course Omega did approach Don Callis after blowing up Alec Marvez's request for the comment and of course like of course Don Callis like being stutter and of course he has a black eye yep underneath his glasses and of course 
he did trying to avoid like say anything who did it however he did say it was nick and mac asked kenny omega realizing who he's referring to and he also noticed the camera still watching on and they walk over and push it away so pretty much kenny omega is pretty much pissed at the young bucks for what they did to don Callis altogether and then lastly you saw the beatdown from the good brothers and kenny omega attacking pentagon el cero miedo backstage you know, it was starting to get into the point where they're, like, poking Pen Pentagon's eye, like, beating him up, all that stuff. And, of course, guess what? So, next week on AEW Dynamite, the match, Good Brothers and the Young Bucks are going to be teaming up against the Dark Order, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. Yeah, we're going to be seeing how it's going to go next on the upcoming episode of AEW Dynamite this Wednesday. So all in all, this bonus segment, like I said, the whole episode of AEW Dynamite is such a dud. I expect it better for it. And, like, the fact, like, you know, with the Impact Wrestling, like, storyline goes, so it looks like the Young Bucks is having, like, a huge issue going on with Don Callis and convincing, like, he's not good of a person for Kenny Omega. I have a feeling this is probably going to be, like, a setup of a feud between the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. Maybe on the upcoming AEW pay-per-view. Hmm. That'll be pretty interesting. Because I know Impact Wrestling just announced a day later. The Good Brothers will be taking on Private Party on the upcoming exclusive Impact Plus event. No Surrender will be taking place on Saturday, February 13th. So that is going to be pretty quite interesting, you guys. But, you know, we're going to be seeing what's going to be happening on this week's episode of Impact Wrestling and also on AEW Dynamite altogether. And with that being said, that is it for the episode of Into the Stratosphere, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to everything. Again, I'm so sorry that there's not going to be the video version for it for the time being until things will get resolved for it. Probably like on my end and on Philip's end as well, like with the editing and everything and whatnot, you guys. So with that being said, make sure to follow me on my personal Instagram and Twitter page at simply underscore C underscore OK. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore C underscore OK. And make sure to follow my podcast, Inventures in Wrestling Storytelling Event um, Edition on Google Podcasts. Uh, Anchor FM, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, and and Podcast, you guys. And also make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Adventures in Wrestling by Cindy G. And also make sure to follow my personal, I mean, the Adventures in Wrestling podcast, Instagram page at adventure underscore in underscore wrestling underscore podcast. I just released episode two of my podcast featuring... Good old Corey Smith of City Wrestling Radio. Would you guys remember him? He was my past guest for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Double Event Recap, you guys. And yeah, I highly suggest check it out. Also, make sure to follow The Bullet Cast on all social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to this YouTube channel at The Bullet Cast. Like this video. Comment down below. I'm more than happy to interact with y'all, you guys. And share at all time, you guys. And make sure to follow the Bullet Cast or just simply Bullet Cast on all podcasting platform, you guys. And with that being said, 
please remember to wash your hands 20 to 30 seconds. Practice social distancing. Wear your face mask and face covering at all times. No excuses. And remember to please be kind to one another. We're all in this together. Until then, I'll see you in the next episode. And congratulations, President Joseph R. Biden and Madame Vice President Kamala Harris. Cheers, y'all. This has been the Bullocast. Thank you for listening.